morning, folks. It's time for Democratic Perspective, brought to you by the Verde Valley Independent Democrats, a weekly talk show about the crucial political issues facing the Verde Valley, Sedona, Northern Arizona, and the nation at large. Join us for a stimulating, thought-provoking discussion. You'll get the facts as we focus on the challenges facing everyone. Good morning, folks. Welcome to Democratic Perspective. Steve Williamson here. I'm not going to be here long today, but I came in to pay the bill to the station. Uh, remember that, that uh, Democratic Perspective is not free, and we're beginning to get in a situation where we need your support again. Uh, one of the great ways that Karen's always talking about is a, a, a regular contribution. So if you don't have a lot of money, a small contribution, if we get it every month, is really helpful. Uh, we're always about $200 a month short. Um, in uh, We have to make that up with our savings from our uh, uh, various illegitimate no legitimate uh, <laughs> fundraising events which are a lot of fun so we love doing them but but they're hard to put on so if you could if you folks could begin to think about supporting us again that would be really really helpful today we're going to talk about the election and uh, Karen McClellan is here Karen good morning everyone <laughs> and Stephen Hanks is here hey everybody he's got his He's got his Brooklyn uniform on. I'm, I'm trying to extend my little baseball experience from the week he, as long yeah, as possible. Yeah, he, he he was. Um, you guys quite didn't quite win the sixty plus. Uh, yeah, we we lost the championship game after going six and one, and uh, <laughs> faced a really tough pitcher. So that, that was that was. Did you in? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, after after facing a lot of slow pitching for five days, we couldn't adjust. <laughs> hopefully, the Republicans will have the same problem tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully, last minute, um, um, really uh, bad things will happen for them, or or or, or questionable things. Uh, we're down to the line in, in one of the most important midterms of you know my life, I think, uh, where a lot of things are going to be decided, um, and um, and a lot of disturbing uh, far right wing stuff has has interpenetrated the Republican Party. So the Republican Party is really not the party we keep referring to as the Republican Party, but it, it's really the Sort of, what would you call it, Stephen? It's Trumpist party. Yeah, uh, without going too overboard and start using words like like I, I consider it a white supremacist party now. I mean, I know that sounds extreme, but I think um, that's pretty much what the, what their all their policies is based on that underpinning. They would say that they're representing everybody, you know, uh, Latino and black who's middle class who 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 wants safety and security. So. I we go back to the I think the uh, the Nixon administration is where they started this uh, um, law and order stuff yeah. and it's still going on isn't it and it functions on fear because if you're not afraid you know well uh, we're gonna add five more police yeah, you don't care right yeah but if you if you're afraid. That stuff sounds good. I'm surprised they didn't reboot the Willie Horton ads from the George Bush campaign in in, in, in ninety in eighty eight. They've been doing some things. Some I was listening to was it Morning Joe on the this morning, and they had people on talking about the difference between 
maybe actual crime statistics in some places than what people think are the statistics. Mm -hmm. And, of course, it it goes on the fact that my next-door neighbor told me that his brother – was the victim of some crime, and so the you know it's it's always been an issue on lots of campaigns between like the perception Willie Horton ads the perception and yeah. reality or the the other ads that they've run in the past I don't know which campaign was the of the people running across the border which turned out to be a photograph from some other country yeah, mm-hmm. I don't remember which campaign that was four four no. or five years ago well, I, but I it's, think it's, doing it's that now. it goes yeah. on fear on this idea yeah. that we're, it's it's, yeah, it's their pl- fear fear playbook is what yeah. they always go to yeah fear playbook. Is a good way to call yeah. it because there are all the different kinds of fears: fear of immigrants mm-hmm. overrunning the country, fear of uh, black uh, uh, marauders in the city, right. fear of, uh, of uh, terrorists, terrorist, yes. fear of uh, machinations of giant conspiracies, the government that taking control, too much of your money, control the world. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it runs from conspiracy theories of people managing the entire world to hatred, of course, people of, you know, no one gets very fond of people who commit crime. But we have a whole campaign in the, the country. If the, we listen to the Republicans, doesn't the whole country, we shift to fear mm-hmm. is our motivator. Mm-hmm. We don't think of uh, anything about like what we can do positively yeah. for the country, how the country can be improved. We th- just are afraid and we'll stop our fears. Mm-hmm. And that's what they always promise. Well, fear is an easier thing to run a campaign on. You know, the, the other guy has done something that's created this column. We need to easier to talk about the fear of these issues, whether it is whatever it happens to be, than to sort of say I'm running because I can do something. And I've seen clips you see somebody whose campaigns are very negative, and in some debate or somebody, someone asks a question, what will you do about whatever the immigration, crime, uh, whatever the issue is in the ad, and the candidate can't really put together an answer. Mm-hmm. All he can say is, well, you know, is we need to be afraid because the other, because the news need, we need to be afraid because the, the Democrats are taking these rights away from you and the Democrats, but if you try to say, well, what will you do? If you're elected about immigration, what we do if you're elected about crime, what we do if you're elected about gas, and they don't have an answer because yeah. that's the hard, that's hard to find the answers to these problems. It's well, easier to say there is a problem and we we need to you know, get rid of the other guy because it's his problem. And, it, and it's easier yeah. to do that than to actually talk about any kind of coherent policy about something. You know, you can you know people talk about why why there's there's uh, so much animosity and why we don't have any legitimate debate anymore about issues and it's because that side doesn't really want to debate any issues they don't they don't have debatable issues and if you and if you want to uh relate that to what's happening locally um and look at somebody like the the woman who's running for mayor of Sedona she's not talking about policies she's talking about beliefs you know, it's this very naive sort of, you know, sort of right wing, you know, uh, government doesn't really uh, know what to do for the city or the state or the government. So it's just the spouting of beliefs and not any kind of coherent policy. I, I don't think she even understands the difference between these beliefs and vision. Mm-hmm. The people who support her tell me, well, we, she has a vision for Sedona. Well, I don't say, you know, well, what exactly is that vision is because it sounds terrible. But uh, but I think that's right. I don't think she has policy. She has beliefs. And so she hates uh, 
the involvement of our city government in national and international affairs. So, for example, internationally, you know, you see the buildings crashing down in countries, and a lot of times it's a country with very loose regulations on how you build the building. Right. So she doesn't want Sedona to sign on to the part of the international building code that, that Sedona thinks it should have. It's not like it's being dictated by these people. It's being selected. So Sedona selects part of that code. And then we're a part of the international code that we're trying to build worldwide. She hates that. She hates that. One of her key um, campaign issues is to, is to attack that as a, oh, I guess Stephen like it's a, a, you know, one of those, uh, um, Conspiracies, you know, giant Jewish conspiracies controlling the world economy. And this is this is her, you know, it's her kind of uh, controlling the world economy. And we've talked about before. It was a decade. It was the green building codes, and that was an issue with the city. And the and I remember hearing the people from the uh, the fire chief and the fire marshal talking about that. You know, that adoption of those codes actually generally leads to lower insurance rates. Needs on, to look. On, yeah, from the insurance, from private insurance, we say, oh, you you are using these codes. You're probably building safer buildings. We'll give you a lower rate on some right. of these. So there are there are actually financial issues. It was not just a sudden desire to eliminate the use of certain building materials because we don't like the chemicals that are used to produce them. It was not that idea. It was you know a whole series of things. And this is somewhat that same the same sort of idea that comes. It's, you know, I well, what, so. what, I, what, I would, what I would ask about, Stephen, what you were talking about with Ms. Armstrong and, and how she hates this or that, did she really even know about it until she decided to run and she was educated about it by the Republican right-wing in Sedona, you you would know I more about this. I think she started the campaign. She has very lived in Sedona very little. Right. You know, very little. She says, I'm from Sedona, but I think she was here for three years during high school. And she'd been here a couple of years uh, uh, after she she left Hollywood. Um, I, I don't I don't think so. I don't. She didn't seem to originally even know that this was the weak mayor system. Mm-hmm. She didn't know that as mayor, she's going to be sitting on a council with six other people. And you've got six brilliant older folks with a lot of personal and business and, and academic achievement behind them. So she'd be sitting in with them. And she graduated from high school. So she doesn't have a lot of um, – she didn't get that college where they snap you with all the stuff that you don't know. The first year of college, the great thing about it is you find out there's so much stuff you don't know. Right. I mean, that's, that's, that's part and, of it. And it's funny that you bring up the fact of the lack of college, because to me, when I hear her speak, and I was at that debate uh, at, at, the, at the film festival theater, um, she comes across to me as somebody who just started taking college courses in political science and political theory and found out about Karl Marx for the first time and, you know, just starts repeating back all this stuff. Now, certainly you don't have to go to college. And no. there's so many uh, self-educated people who do really well in life and who who you can engage. In fact, some of them are a lot better reader than 90% of the, of the college graduates, and even, even, even if you have a, a master's degree. Uh, yeah, Stephen, I don't think she knew anything. I think she hates 
she hates with a real passion liberals, progressives. And that's how she started in Hollywood with a sort of hate campaign against liberals and progressives. And she appeared on all these radio shows and stuff denouncing it. And if you listen to them, it they'll, her defenders will say, well, yeah, she voted for Trump, but big deal, millions of people did. But she wasn't a, just a Trump voter. She was a Trump ideologue. And she was a Trump ideologue with one of those, but but of of the hate the liberals Right, you know, kind rather than to he's going to bring us a great new world. Yeah, right. it wasn't a positive thing; it was a negative thing driving her. So, yeah, I don't think she knows uh, what she's doing. I think she picked up thousands and thousands of dollars. She has a hundred thousand dollars. I think the usual run for mayor is like ten thousand dollars. Right, long in there. I, I think that that she then picked up ideological support, mm-hmm. and and I, I don't want to put it on her, but a lot of this, her positions now sound like they're written by a particular right wing figure who's been involved in Sedona <laughs> politics every time we have an election. It sounds like it. Well, now you, we don't know for sure that he wrote the stuff. Well, when, when when you but when you see full page ads in the Red Rock News supporting her and denigrating Scott Jablow with somebody's name as a member of the Republican Party on the bottom who's obviously financing that ad. Um, it tells you all you need to know about where she's getting her marching orders from. Well, and, and, and Jerry Fry, who's, who's doing a lot of the independent advertising for her, is, is a well-known, a very controversial person, even in Republican circles. Mm-hmm. Back when we talked to the Republicans, that, uh, that's all I can say. I don't want to say too much more about him. Um, but uh, the, 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 basically, it looks like the editor of uh, the Red Rock News basically fall in love with her. Um, and and um, it's hard for us to talk about it. But, you know, she does things like one of the candidates where they were at a meeting and uh, she came up and knelt next to him and rubbed his arm while she talked to him. This kind of seductive kind of stuff. Mm. is something we don't ever see women doing anymore, you know? Right. I mean, it's been 40 years, I haven't seen it. We haven't seen Carrie Lake do it with Trump. Yeah. That just yeah. hasn't been on film. Yeah, we <laughs> haven't gotten the stuff on well, film. Well, he, he, when he appears with her, and, and the, one of her, the recent times he was here, I don't know which one, her campaign, she spoke and he spoke and she wanted to stay up on the stage with him and he sort of shoot her right, right. away. No, no, I, you know, you can go back and sit down now because we all know Trump comes to these rallies to talk about Trump. You know, he starts off by saying, please vote for Carrie Lake. Please vote for uh, Dr. Oz. Please vote for Herschel Walker. Please vote for whoever. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to talk about himself for an hour. Right. And he, because he, he doesn't want to share the stage. Nobody puts anybody. Kerry in the corner. He put, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, and he right. does. He puts, <laughs> go sit down. Put the, She's the been corner, in the yeah. media a long time. She knows the score. Right. So, uh, I, uh, Stephen and, and, and Karen, I, 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 think that, uh, I think that a lot of her platform is written by somebody mm. else. I think that the Red Rock News, and good old Fox Graham, who's made up that name. That's not actually his name. Um, writes these hysterical, weird, hateful editorials on and on. And they're long and they're incoherent and nobody reads them. Yeah. But I think they're, in, a, in at least a political sense, that he, 
he fell in love with her because he she would destroy everything the city council stands for. And the city council stands basically, from my point of view, into decent government. I don't have a lot of complaints about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's my take on it. I'm g- going to be bailing out of here in, in about five minutes and leave it to you guys. I'm heading down to... Uh, uh, that's why we let you talk so yeah, much. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I appreciate that. Gosh, I feel like I have the show to myself. Here. For a few minutes, yeah. Well, no, for, I, you guys are so nice to me. Well, we, we, I, we know on, on the local, local issues, but I don't live inside the city, even though I follow the issues. Steve is a little relatively newer. You've been involved in city issues a long time. And, you know, you're, yeah. So for me, it's, for me, it's an, an old thing. When I look at it, I see an incoherent. I can't believe that even a conservative newspaper would have this guy writing editorials. Yeah. They did a four-page editorial. Yeah, yes. in small print. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> they've never they've never done anything like that ever yeah. for any other issue. I mean, there was a time when the Red Rock News would have would never have run an editorial. Right. Uh, <laughs> saying vote for anybody, partially because at a point of time when everybody read it, and uh, you know the advertisers would not, you know, was, they were very careful not to say things that were too controversial. They didn't want to offend the advertisers, right. so they would re- re- report on what was going on, but they never read, read an editorial that said vote for blank. They really tried to inject them. I'm sorry to interrupt. They really tried to inject themselves, the Red Rock News, into this political contest. Most of the political contests here they don't care about, and they're sort of semi-quiet about it. There's some sort of issue that they they're, they get that they're bugged about, right. but they're they're not here. They've had you know all kinds of. Uh, um, discussions and and forums and stuff all this is a new thing and if you read uh, this was what amazed me about that editorial on top of the fact that he tried to make the case that the difference between the the money that scott jabalow and and armstrong have is pretty similar even though everybody's claiming she has so much more his big issue at the beginning of the editorial was apparently that scott didn't shake hands with her at the end of the debate and they had a picture of Scott walking off the stage and Samari sort of hanging back by the podium. And we don't know if that was actually what happened. Know. Scott may have never seen her put out her hand. I, I think that they were looking for anything. Actually, this is yeah. a, this is, these are people who are looking for any little thing. Uh, any little thing like something that uh, that Obama says off the cuff right. becomes yeah. it, or Biden says off the cuff, that's not really policy gets blown up into right. a big thing. They're looking for something to indict Scott, who, it, it, whatever you think of Scott, for he's he's a great politician. He's a handshaker. He meets people. He's been all over Sedona, door to door, talking <laughs> to people. So uh, um, that he didn't. Shake her hand one time. Who cares? So, so since you're, uh, what? So, what do you think is going to happen tomorrow before you leave? Give us your. I think I think Scott will will win, and I think in part it's because the people who have put a lot of money behind her, and what happened, of course, is they put the money behind her, and then Scott's people have tried to catch up, mm-hmm. right? And she still, as last time I saw, had about double the, the end. But the whole point is that she started a money contest by 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 showing all the money, and, and you can check these things at City Hall. 
So what I think tomorrow is I think Scott will will narrowly win. The, and one reason is that, that Sedona, they've tried over and over again. We'll see if they get it this time. But the same forces who were the Tea Party became Arizona. Liberty or yeah, different things. And then became names. Trumpers have tried to control Sedona and they failed every time. So I think they'll fail again. I hope they will. Do you think now, just the numbers, like Scott's numbers from the from the primary, combined with Sandy Moriarty's yeah. numbers, could could yeah. be the thing that does it for him? Yes, and I think the Democrats of the Red Rocks getting out and doing so much door to door work, so much door to door work, will bring out the Democratic vote. Mm-hmm. And Sedona is a Democratic voting city, so can she reach up? out of that Democratic majority and somehow win this, if she does, it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's going to be chaos. She's going to be sitting around with all these brilliant people who know about government, who have decades in government, and and doing her thing. (laughs) It's not going to go over like, you know, like they're not going to fall in love with her like, you know, like the the editorials on the Red Rock News. I'll say about the Red Rock News, a lot of the poison that enters the um, Sedona system, the chaos and the misinformation comes from that newspaper. Mm. All right. On that note, you can talk like I'm not here. No, you can talk like I am here. (laughs) Thank you very much, Steve Williamson. Yes. That was our host, Steve Williamson, making his exit for the show. Today. The show for today, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Karen, <laughs> well, what, 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 why don't we segue to Arizona State, Arizona State situation, politics. which I, you know a lot more about than I do. So. Yeah, but it's, uh, I said you've looked at things. We've talked a bit before, I think, on some of our shows about issues about polling and public perception. And the one thing we found is that the in Arizona, there's polling, obviously, on the statewide levels. There's very little polling. And, and at the city level, maybe in Phoenix or Tucson when this mayor runs, and most state legislative races, there isn't any real polling, so nobody really knows. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the state legislature, we've got I don't, less, maybe a half a dozen races in districts that actually are competitive, right. where there are, let's say, Democrats with a lot of support running against incumbent Republicans or uh, you know, due to redistricting, some changes there. And that's maybe a half a dozen races, but that could change you know, the state legislature, which is pretty close to 50-50 right now. The Democrats or the Republicans have one, a lead of one in, in the state Senate mm-hmm. and a lead of about two in the state House. It's, it's pretty close to even. So it, and those races, I don't, you know, they're hard, hard to tell because, I mean, I, I know the people running who are Democrats. So I right. don't know that they, and not living in those districts. So it's... Those issues, it's it's going to be really hard to tell. I've um, judging by things I've read. If, as we all of us who've ever worked in a campaign are told, the most important thing to do is to talk to every voter, right. knock on the door, go to the coffee shop, go to the thing to talk to, sit down and talk to people. If that really helps, the Democrats should do quite well, because the Democratic you know campaigns on some of these areas are extremely organized. And they've reached out to people in other parts of the state. They've got a lot of people out there making phone calls, knocking on doors, doing doing all of those yeah. things. So we're gonna gonna really have to see how, how what happens on that one because we're not really we're somewhat of a purple state, and there's a lot of you know in local issues in some of these races, and it's really hard. And the the state ones, who knows? I mean, every polling on statewide races in Arizona, like I think every poll in the country, just about has the Democrats and Republicans in any swing state. Within the margin of error. So who can really tell? And it comes down to some of the things that Steve mentioned in our local races. 
this issue that seems to have come into politics more in recent years, even before Trump, this idea of I'm not a politician, so therefore I know more than a politician. I've never been in this job, so therefore I know more. You look at some of our statewide races that we don't talk about. Attorney General. You've, you've got Chris Mays, who's been a corporation commissioner. She's worked, from the, worked in the state government before. She's a professor at ASU. She's very knowledgeable. She's a lawyer, obviously, running for attorney general against a young man who has almost no experience. Right. He has a handful of years of working in the county attorney's office, a little bit of experience. I think you know, he's a veteran. I think he may have been involved with the JAG Corps, but not, but very little legal experience of any kind right. against someone with a lot. And, and, and another one is probably going to say, well, I haven't been in the system, so I must be. Yeah. Yeah, I must be better. I have, you know, and that, that sort of idea of inexperience equals something really good. Yeah, it's well, very strange. <laughs> well, they, they, they think that that um, strategy not only appeals to Republicans, but they think they can sway independence with that um, strategy. And and uh, whether whether it will work is, remains to be seen. But I, I think overall it's the independent vote that's going to sway a lot of these races in terms of the big governor's race. Uh, Katie Hobbs and Kerry Lake. Um, I think you saw this video on Twitter by Politics Girl. Uh, I don't know if you saw that she's a very popular um, commentator on Twitter, um, and she did a really, really uh, cogent and, and right on commentary about why Katie Hobbs made the right decision not to debate Kerry Lake, um, just because it would just give Kerry Lake all this oxygen to spew mm-hmm. her nonsense. Um, a, did you agree with that decision? And B, you know, what do you think is going to happen in that race? Um, yeah, pretty much. I can see because they've seen we all watch the the Democratic, uh, the Republican primary debates. And when it comes down to some of these things, it's really hard to debate somebody who doesn't really have things to say about the issues. Right. And it's, but that's what lots of debates are. Whether whether it's better to debate and hope that your your opponent goes off track and follows their own talking points, i.e., Trump won the 2020 election. Whether that helps you. While you're trying to actually talk about water or the border or education, I don't know whether that that does or not. It's hard to tell. And it depends on how many people watch. Because we know that in today's news world, very few people are going to sit there and watch, regardless, that whole hour long debate. Mm -hmm. They're going to listen to 30 second sound bites on social media or on something else. Yeah. So people can know and always pick out, you know, and it, uh, you know, there's been historically debates where maybe something has really changed, where one person has shown they really have no knowledge of the issues right. and, and, and then have nothing to say. Right. But I'm not sure on this one whether – but it's, it's hard to debate somebody who's part of whose campaign is based on fantasy. You know, yeah. yeah. Of, so, deny the election. You know, we have we had massive voter fraud in Arizona, of, you know, and, and – that's never been proven. Right, exactly. It's, it doesn't exist. Yeah. You know? <laughs> if if, if Mark, I, I'm pretty confident Mark Kelly's going to win the center race against Blake Masters. By how many points, I'm not sure. But I'm not confident that uh, that his vote will necessarily trickle down to the rest of the ticket. Do you think it's possible in Arizona, based on what you know about the state's history of voting, that Kelly could win? And that Kerry Lake could win, but that also Adrian Fontes and uh, the attorney general candidate on the Democratic side could win, and there could be like a crazy split ticket. Like oh, that. we've had a number of years where we've had you know one or two 
most of those a half a dozen or so statewide races are won by one party, but one or two are won by the other party. Right. And that, you know, that has happened. You know, comes down in, to the person the past, running, right? It comes yeah. down to the, the person, the person running on things. Yeah. I mean, we did elect, you know, um, two Democrats statewide last right. time and do, you know, ran away with, you know, re-election, but we, you know, did elect Kathy Hoffman as, as superintendent of public instruction and Anna Tovar to the corporation commission. We've, you know, so that has, you know, that has happened in the past, right. but it, you know, we've had, sp- but of course, going back years, there were times when the people running had diff- they, they weren't as divergent. It wasn't as politicized or partisan as it is right now, yeah. you know, where the, where, you know, cause I, it's hard to think of having, let's say a democratic governor and a Democrat and a Republican secretary of state who says the elections are all, all wrong. You know, how do you, those two people work together? Or, mm-hmm. and, or flipped on the other side. How do you, if you, what you have, how did you have Carrie Lake as governor and Adrian Fontes say, how are they going to work together? Exactly. And what, ha- what happens if you have not, you know, in the past, there was a year, I don't know, back in the late 90s, when uh, Janet Napolitani was attorney general and Jane, Arizona had this, all five top state offices in Arizona were held by women. Yeah. Four Republican women and one Democratic woman. But they all, they all shared, they shared the same set of facts. Right, which right. I'm not always sure is true in lots of races right now. They all shared, shared the same facts. They shared the same the side of what the urgent issues were. They differed, obviously, in what they felt would work and yeah. what the priority should be. But I'm not you know, sure you can say that. I mean, I find it hard to think of how, how you could sit down and have a rational discussion in the legislature, you know, in, at the executive level, in Congress, in the Senate, if the person you're talking to truly believes that there was massive voter fraud in 2020 and Trump really won that election. Right. And, and somebody like uh, Mark Fincham was running for secretary of state who can't accept, who, who says that he knows nobody who voted for Trump or who voted for Biden right. in 2020. Therefore it must've been stolen when most of us know Republicans who just could not bring themselves to vote for Trump, but voted Republican on all oh, the no, down ballot yeah, races right. because we looked in Arizona and most of those down ballot races that were held by Republicans were won by Republicans, right. like in Maricopa County. Most of those, there were, you know, no, the one Democrat who was elected in the county, I think, lost his countywide seat. Mm-hmm. But, and, but there are people, and they just can't accept that people will split a ticket or not vote. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah. Phil Bowes, the columnist for the Arizona Republic, yeah. did a column yesterday. I don't know if you saw it. I haven't seen that one. Okay. Yet. Well, it was, it was very interesting. He decided to focus on the possibility that if, well, basically what he was saying is if Blake Masters somehow wins the Senate race against Mark Kelly, that Democrats will be in the uncomfortable position of having to embrace Kristen Cinema all over again. <laughs> that being a totally different issue, not kind of this election. Right, and my feeling in a lot of things, I don't, I don't think that's likely. I think, right. I think we're going to see in the beginning of twenty, you know, of twenty twenty three. That the, if Chris Cinema is apparently if she decides she's running for re-election, if it looks like she has, or before she says anything, there will be Democrats, serious Democrats, who will announce that they are interested in running against her in a Democratic primary right, for right. Senate. So yeah. I, I think that that her fate is unconnected to what happens you know, in well, this state right. You know what happens right now. I don't think it will. Yeah, I don't think that's going going to be you know a, a direct issue. Speaking of the Senate elections, um, I, I know I, I wrote a column a few weeks ago for my my blog on Medium, predicting the Senate races nationally, and um, 
my my thought was that the Democrats could end up winning 53 to 54 seats if everything falls right. And that's always a big statement <laughs> if everything falls right. Um, you know, the, the polls have been going back and forth. You know, you can't turn on one of the news shows without them saying, well, the Republicans are gaining momentum. And then all of a sudden the Democrats are gaining momentum. I'm still pretty confident that we're going to flip a few seats um, and and hold on to the Senate. If we end up losing the House by a few seats, that's when talk about chaos, as you mentioned before, yeah. that that could really create a whole bunch of chaos. Yeah, because that creates you know, even more stagnation because no one will be able to do anything at all. Right. They'll try to impeach Biden. and Yeah, so and, they'll, they'll have a House with a different focus, whether right. you had in the past a House passing bills that then go nowhere in the Senate due to the Senate's own rules, the filibuster, other rules in the Senate that, that give individual senators more power than individual House members have right. you know, to, to hold things up, you know, to prevent things from happening as opposed to make things happen. But, the, the interesting yeah. thing to see with this election is if, if the Democrats pull off, I don't know, call it a mini blue wave that nobody's predicting, which I think is possible, um, and, they, and they keep the House and the Senate. Does that change the dynamic in the Republican Party at all going forward? Do they finally say, this isn't working, the Trump stuff isn't working? I mean, I'm sure you're not going to turn around people like Kerry Lake overnight, but is it is it too soon to expect that they'll change their stripes if they lose the midterms? I think there's already people with, you know, looking at the at – the, the next, the next presidential election, mm-hmm. yet Ron DeSantis are people who really are s- saying the same things that Trump has, yeah. who are better politicians, mm-hmm. uh, better able to moderate their language, if not their views right. on things, and present yeah. present a different a different face. You know, Trump is Trump. Trump, you know, he is what he is. Mm-hmm. He's not going to change. He's already, you know, we had talking some talking about running again. Yeah, it was, uh, it was today or yesterday. He was one meeting in Georgia, and he had some pretty, you know, ne- uh, negative nicknames for Ron DeSantis. About DeSantis, yeah, because yeah, he's already running, you know, running for that race. And we've seen a lot of these other races, the the um, the governor's race in Pennsylvania. The Republican, whose name slips my mind at the moment, basically said the road to the presidency in 2024 runs through Pennsylvania. So yeah. he's 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 sort of saying vote for me, and I'll be sure a Republican wins in 2024, or you know, which seems to me to be the wrong thing to care about if you're electing your governor. You, you know, you should be electing a governor because they said something about your state. How ironic would it be if Donald Trump comes out and starts criticizing Ron DeSantis about how he treated the. Uh, the immigrants by sending them to, to, uh, yeah, to New York bit, <laughs> a, a and Martha's Vineyard. You've got to find something. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they look at but I said, I heard that from the governor of Pennsylvania. You know, the governor's races should not be, obviously everything is national. Right. Everything is, is the party. But it's important to have the person that you should be saying something about I will do this for the state, exactly. or this is our problem. Yeah. And this, when you're talking about people at the state legislature or the governor or any of those other statewide races, should be focused on, you know, this is a problem. This our number one problem in Arizona is, and whatever it might be, and we all know what they are. We got issues with water. There's issues with education. There's issues with, you know, issues with immigration, and also what the role of the state should be in immigration, which is a federal issue, and how do you deal with that? But rather than people sitting down and talking about you know, those issues, they're not. Right. You have people running state legislative races. I mean, our, the former district we were in here in Arizona, 
with Wendy Rogers as our state senator. She ran a race and has been in the state senate for two years and hardly ever says a word about Arizona. Mm. She's talked about elections. She talked about Trump. She hasn't you know, voted on anything, spoken in the committee hardly, and alleged that, that sort of on, on issues to do, let's say, with water, mm. with education, you know, with rural, rural economic development, with jobs in rural Arizona. Right. All of these issues that impact people. You talk people on the national issue saying, oh, we're going to, the, the national level is going to fall on the price of gasoline. Well, right. at least the price of gasoline is, a, is an issue. Yeah, that affects people. Right. But, you know, and at state levels, people aren't, you know, they're not talking about the equivalent yeah. issues that need, you know, I don't, I don't want to vote for somebody because they are pro or con the president if they're running for state legislature. Yeah. You know, before the show, you and I were talking yeah. about um, the, the go-to issue that the Republicans always come up with, which is crime, which they've been pounding. And Steve brought it up a little bit during the politics of fear discussion. Um, this is becoming particularly, talking about governor's races, this is becoming particularly uh, important in New York, where I just moved from, with the governor's race there with Kathy Hochul, where the her opponent, uh, whose name I try not to remember, is harping on the whole crime issue in New York just because there are a couple of sensational stories that happen to come out once in a while that the New York Post hypes, mm -hmm. you know. So, um, you know, I'm hoping, and I'm sure you are too, that this whole crime playbook doesn't come back to bite the Democrats tomorrow. Uh, things have changed so fast and so much, and, and uh, you know, talk about all these polling issues. Almost every poll on any issue, whether it's are you voting for the Republican or Democrat, or what is the main pro biggest problem, everything seems within the margin of error if you give people two yeah. choices. And that's not. If you look back at, at national races, George Bush, he you know he won by about fifty percent of the vote. It was like a fifty-fifty race. Right, right. We, you know, you can argue about two thousand and the the. Uh, the but the Electrical College in Florida, but the, na the, the popular vote was close to 50-50. Mm -hmm. And even with Biden, Biden won the popular vote, but he didn't win 70% of the popular vote. It's still, you know, 50-50, 45-55. Know, yeah. So for a long time in a lot of these races, whoever wins is often winning by only a few percentage points, which shows that the country's divided on these issues, but not, you know, but there has to be obviously some agreement on some of these, these things. And, and you know, sometimes the people who get elected then can work together with people of the other party. And it's, but the issues, and when they talk about issues, the the people on issues is different. The the guy who who you vote for wins by 51% of the vote, but in whatever state or legislative race, and we've seen these things in in Arizona. The the Center for the Future of Arizona has been doing these deep dive polls for years on the future we want, mm. and they ask people questions about their priorities, and they asked deeper sort of questions on education, on jobs, on water. And you look at these, and sometimes three-quarters of the people answering the poll say, water is a major issue. We need to conserve water. We're not going to have water in the future. And that's, and, but you look at the poll, polls, that's not, the, some of those people are not voting for the candidates who align with their right. views. People say we want fully funded public education. That always comes out to, to you know three quarters of the people probably, and I'm sure that's true in almost any state. Yeah. But you're, they're not necessarily voting for people who believe that. And you look at these, and, and 75 percent will agree on the issues and the general direction to go. But the but the races are all 50-50. Obviously, you know, my, yeah. 
I'm sure this isn't the right map, but 25% of the people are saying my top issues are A, B, and C, mm-hmm. but they're not voting for a candidate who's talking about A, B, and C. They're voting for the candidate right, right. who's you know, talking about fear. They're voting, voting for the, the candidate endorsed by Donald Trump without knowing anything about them in some cases, yeah. and they're not. But if you ask the people, what is your issue? You know, yeah. And then there's a, a real you know, sort of disconnect there between how people vote and how they say they what they say they think are important issues. Yeah. Oh, you know, a lot of people are critical of the Democrat Democratic Party's messaging. Um have, have a point to an extent and I think it comes up in this particular way um where they say, you know, the Democrats should play hardball like the Republicans do. And if the Democratic Party had decided to play the the politics of fear playbook in this election, um as we were talking before the show, I think if if they had harped on how the Republican Party just wants to demolish health care for everybody, not not just people that happen to be Democrats, um, with with the whole abortion issue, with the talking about Social Security and Medicare, which I you know killing that, which I don't understand why Democrats haven't harped on more. Um, if if all those things had been under, uh, they are trying to take away your health care umbrella as a fear tactic to Democratic voters, I think that could have been very effective considering we flipped, I say we because I'm a Democrat, I admit it, um, we flipped 40 seats in 2018 with that as the number one issue. And I'm, I'm mystified as to why we didn't go back to that in this cycle. Can you put your finger on why, it's uh, other than the abortion issue? I'm not just like some change in political climate to yeah. some degree in, in that point. Where too many other things to talk about? Too many other things or too many people on the Republican side, honestly, running on the, you know, the elections was stolen. Right. You know, we've got all the elections stolen, crime is bad, immigrants are pouring into the country, and, and they're not talking about those issues anymore either. And they're not, you know, doing that. And of course, in 2018, you had, I don't know how many, we were still in the period of the Republicans running the House, and how many times did they vote to uh, overturn Obamacare? I've forgotten the numbers. Oh, God, yeah. Dozens and dozens of times. And if it wasn't for John McCain, yeah. it would have been. Dozens of times, and that right. was always, so that was a higher, a higher profile issue on that side, where that's, hasn't happened partially because in the last two years the Republicans have not been in charge of the House. Right. If they had been, they would have been voted on those things too. Oh, so we're just going to run yeah. out of time about here. Yeah, I, I, just to, just to, to <laughs> yeah. top off that yeah. that discussion, yeah. I think it was, um, uh, you know, the, the the Democrats have been playing defense on the economy, and that was more of the focus than the health care yeah, at the end. Yeah. They're yeah. hard things to focus on. So what are you going to do tomorrow? tomorrow? How are you going to watch the election? Are you uh, home? Are you going to have a I don't party? Know. Well, or? well, if you want to come out and join people, the Democrats of the Red Rocks are having an election watch party at El Portal at 7 o'clock. Right. And the Democratic group in Cottonwood is having an election watch party at the Red Rooster in Cottonwood at 7 o'clock. So you can come out and join people, hopefully to celebrate various things. And otherwise, you know, I don't know, I'm, I'm running for a little office in the village of Oak That's Creek, right. um, which is a county, uh, little county board that takes care of the mediums and the things. And, and I will probably be at the polling station for part of the time Great. discussing hanging up a banner down there and maybe doing that. So I'll, I'll see. I'm, I'm having a few friends over yeah, at El Portel okay. Hanks yeah. in uh, Village of Oak Creek. 
Yeah. So that that should be. Fun. Yeah, yeah. I haven't decided whether we. This is one. Never quite sure whether you want to celebrate with a bunch of people because sometimes it's you know or, or commiserate or whether it's is better just to sit there with your own own glass of whatever and watch it on TV right. <laughs> because it's we all know it's not most races are not going to be decided. You know they're going to be. That's you know, true. The mayor of Sedona probably, but when you're talking about these other issues. Um, the way the things work, the late people who who people bring their mail-in ballots to the polls, those don't get counted. A mm. lot of races across the country, we're not going to know at ten o'clock or eleven o'clock tomorrow night. It's going to take a, it's going to take a day or two. Oh. To so we have to go through votes. more angst than more we angst, already are yes. going through. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I don't know how if I, I don't know if I could take it. Anyway, That's, yeah, it's hard to tell us so. though. Well, yeah, and, we, and yeah, and, and tune in next week, and we'll discuss what does happen tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah, so, we have Kathy Kinsella from the City Council talking about that so we can discuss what happened in Sedona. Awesome. That'll be great. So tune in next week. You've been listening to Democratic Perspective, brought to you by the Verde Valley Independent Democrats, a weekly talk show focusing on the political issues facing the Verde Valley, Sedona, Northern Arizona, and our nation at large. Catch us every Monday morning after the 8 a.m. news, right here on AM 780 KAZM. It's beautiful out there, folks. Have a great day. Thank you.